This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me James Norris. James is a public speaker, mentor, and the founder of Handy Capable Fitness, a nonprofit organization that aims to help those with physical challenges lead a fit and healthy lifestyle by connecting them with the resources to do so. Thank you for joining me today. Roman, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Okay, so I'm 35 years old, have cerebral palsy, um, and it mainly affects my legs and my left arm. So I can walk a little bit, but I need a walker and a pair of braces. Um, So how I contracted cerebral palsy, most people, it's through birth. But when I was two and a half, I was diagnosed with CP after a botched hernia operation. The mask came off my face during that operation, and my brain was out air for about five, five and a half minutes, resulting in CP. Um, and over the last six years, I just really realized that I was gaining weight due to my cerebral palsy and being mostly sedentary. I realized I needed to do something, so I joined a gym, got into fitness, ended up falling in love with it, and that passion for fitness has led me to start Handicapable Fitness. That's awesome. And uh, I, I, well, fitness has helped me through a lot of things in my life. I think that's kind of the gym is my spot to really unwind kind of everybody has their own thing to kind of recharge and get grounded. And when I've been dealing with something, I would say in the last year, year and a half, because of the global circumstances, I really dropped off the gym. But since I was 18 to I'm 36. So for most of that time, I would be consistent, at least a few times a week at the gym. But it's one of those things where I think it's important for anyone. And I feel like uh, some people, they may have, you know, physical limitations that are kind of discouraged, you know, to go and work out and have that like a, a safe space to, you know, build yourself up both like, cause it definitely helped me mentally as well. Not only physically, as I was building myself physically, it helped me through a lot of things in my life as well. Absolutely. I can, I can totally relate to that. I mean, I tell people all the time when I started on this fitness journey, It was just like everybody else. I just wanted to lose weight. But as I got into it and started to develop these these habits and this routine, it all of a sudden became more of a mental thing for me versus a physical thing. Now the physical attributes are the icing on top of the cake, so to speak. And when did you decide to kind of start uh, your organization? What kind of prompted that? Obviously, you mentioned it a bit, but when was the point where like you decided I'm going to do it now? Well, you know, I, as I said, I started on this fitness journey, you know, six years ago, and that was after me being laid off from radio. I, I worked in radio for a little bit here in Boston, and I was like, you know, I originally just started the Instagram just as a way to document my own journey to show my friends and family everything I was doing. And um, so I started to do that. And the trainer I was working with at the time says, you know, James, he goes, if you're doing this, you know, you never know who you could inspire. And that's how 
the Handy Cripple Fitness Instagram came to be. But I was like, listen, nobody wants to sit here and watch me do bicep curls every day. So let me um, let me see if there's other people out there that are doing amazing things. And that's when I started to feature all these other people, whether they have spinal cord injuries, amputations, so on and so forth, because I want everybody represented on the page to give hope to somebody else who could be faced with the same situations. And then, you know, the Instagram page gained a pretty decent following, got some traction. And I was like, I want to take this thing a step further. I've been given a lot in life and I want to give back in the way that I decided to do that was through the nonprofit. We Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's important for awareness too that there's services out there in general for different things. I feel like another thing in the US that's kind of like marginalized is mental health. So I see a lot of people, I'm like near the capital of New Jersey and Trenton, not getting the help they need. You can physically see that they're homeless, that they're going through things. I don't think the you know state does a good job with providing or making people in form of services. And the other thing is I'm a, I'm a foster parent. So a lot of the time when kids are in the system and their you know parents or guardians had their parental rights terminated, and they haven't been adopted when they get to 18 they age out but they don't know the services that they have and then once they age out it's like you have really nobody or relate to nobody so like the chances of you know them ending up in gangs on drugs i recently read a, a survey or a study the statistics i think 60 percent of incarcerated males have been in the foster care system at one point or another so i feel like there's a lot of stuff out there that needs a lot of light shed on it as, as well as all these people that you know oftentimes are marginalized or feel like they're alone uh in in different parts of their life like that to, for them to know that there's other people that are succeed succeeding and thriving just like them and then their services to help them you know to succeed as well yeah absolutely i mean i'll be honest with you i've only been involved in adaptive sports here for a little bit and i didn't know you know before i got involved in the spartan races and the things i've done that there was all these different things out there. I mean, I played t-ball as a kid, but it's just a matter of getting out there, letting people know and making them aware of all these different services. And by the way, thank you for the work that you do. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Um, you know what? Because, because like I said before, I didn't get to this point to where I'm at today by myself. And I know that there's a lot of people that have helped carve my path. And I realized that I've been given a responsibility to be a leader in this community. And if I don't wake up every day and do the things that I believe my purpose is to do, I feel first and foremost that I'm letting down God because he gave me a second chance at life. And then I'm let, letting down all the people that depend on me and look up to me to do these things and the people that have helped me get to this point. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I lost my grandfather February of 2019. And uh, it was one of those things that was like traumatic and I was grieving and I started to shut down a little bit. So like the things that I was trying to aspire to or do like this podcast, uh, business wise, my personal relationships and communication, I started to kind of shut down. And then I thought about it 
And I knew it wouldn't be fair to me and him if, you know, he knew and the conversations I've had with him when he was still with us in terms of that he was proud of me, what I was accomplishing, the fact that obviously I was raising kids that, you know, I wasn't the father of in terms of providing a safe home and my business and things of that nature. So I thought it wouldn't be fair to him and the people that came before him that got me to this point for me just to give up and quit. A hundred percent, you know, and I think that's one of the things that really drives me is because another thing is, is that like I, like I spoke about, there's, there's people that look up to me now. So if I don't answer that bell, you know, I could be robbing somebody of a blessing that God was trying to give somebody else through me. And I don't want to have that on my conscience. So that's what really pushes me to wake up and be like, okay, you got to do this every day. Yeah. And I think through podcasts and social and other platforms that you can get yourself out there, people are watching. You may not know that they're watching, but they're watching. They may not be responding or commenting, but I've had so much feedback out of nowhere that, you know, what I've talked about on other shows in terms of my journey, you know, the guests I've had on and the conversations I've had that people related and really, you know, it's impacted them. And you don't, you don't know who you're going to impact. If you can impact one person, one life and change the trajectory of their life, you know, then do it. I mean, one of those things, like when I first became a uh, foster parent, I didn't find any resources that much in terms of like foster dads. So foster care from the, you know, male perspective. And I said, okay, well, let me start talking about it and being that person. So if you don't see someone representing you out there, be that representation and be that change. Yes, I, I totally, I totally agree. And one of the things that I, you know, really try to tell people you know, and this took a while to develop. I no longer see my cerebral palsy as a disadvantage. I almost see it as a superpower because when I roll into a gym or I roll into the supermarket, chances are I'm going to be the only person in there like that. So there, there's going to be the eyes on me. There, people are going to be curious. So instead of getting all shy and, and, you know, shying away and avoiding that, I welcome it. So I go up to people like, I tell them, okay, I can see you, you know, looking at me and that's totally fine, but you have one minute to ask whatever you want, any question you want. And what that does is it takes the pressure off of them and it gets them to really loosen up a little bit. It serves as a great icebreaker. And I now find cerebral palsy to be my superpower because it's allowed me to connect with so many different people in so many different ways. So that's another way I look at it. Yeah. And, and whatever's in your life, you can use, you can choose to look, you know, down on it, or you can use it like an ability and in, to your strength. So, you know, if it's something that you're going through or, or whatever, you can use it as a platform to, to change lives, like you said, and really connect with people. Yeah. Because, because at the end of the day, you know, I know I'm the founder of Handicapable Fitness, but I'm just the face of it. There's so you know, the athletes that are featured on the page, the people that benefit, the people that support the page and the organization, you know, those people are the real MVPs. I'm just, I'm just the face. That's awesome. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Confidence and, and cerebral palsy, because when I was growing up and I was a teenager, you would never find me out on a Friday night at a football game or at a party with friends because 
I always thought that people were looking at me because of my cerebral palsy, or they were talking to me because of my cerebral palsy, or vice versa. And what I realized in my self-reflection was it wasn't necessarily that people were identifying me as having cerebral palsy. It was me identifying myself by my cerebral palsy and James in the electric wheelchair. It wasn't until I got into fitness that I started to develop this confidence and to peel back the layers of the onion and realize that there's more layers to myself than just my cerebral palsy. It's a piece of me, yes, but it doesn't make up everything. Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of kind of coming to terms because oftentimes like I've had to come terms to, to with terms in terms of some of the things I've dealt with in the past or some of the things I've seen that impacted me in one way or another in terms of my adult relationships and how I interact with people. So, you know, seeing domestic violence as a child and other things in my childhood that if you kind of keep or, you know, if you're dealing with something or something comes along in your life or whatever your situation, kind of coming to terms with it, finding a place that you can, you know, be comfortable and really getting out of your own head. Because I think confidence, everybody has the ability to be confident. And even if you see these people on stage talking to, you know, tens of thousands of people, they get nervous too. Everybody gets anxious, nervous and have uh, situations where they lack confidence, but they've developed processes and and different things that they reflect to or relate to that get them through that. So everybody's anxious. Everybody kind of loses that at one point or another, but some people just do a better job at kind of dealing with it and having processes to do so. I completely agree, you know, and I learned that working in radio because you see, you see, you know, all these celebrities, they would come in or we'd meet them at concerts and we'd be like, I remember a couple of times I was like, oh, he's, he's just a, he's just a human. He's a normal dude, just like me. It just, his bank account was a little bit bigger because he's found a way to make a TikTok dance or, or, you know, God's given him a a talent that he's been able to crack open and really take to the moon. So, but when, when it comes down to it, we all bleed red. That's the thing. Yeah. And it's kind of utilizing, you know, what you're given and using them as strengths. So, uh, you know, me coming here as an immigrant from a former Soviet bloc country and coming with six other family members to a two bedroom apartment, not knowing the language and just, dealing with different things or hurdles in my life. Like you can use that as a, uh, a hurdle and you can give up at that point, or you can use that to fuel you, drive you and get you to that next point. Because I think in terms of individuals, companies, the companies you see today, fortune 500 list, majority of them, you know, didn't exist 10, 20, 30 years ago. And those that were on that list are no longer around because a lot of companies just outlast their competitors. You know, they don't give up. They they kind of uh, weather the the storms and kind of the time and, you know, whatever comes at them, they, they adapt. And I think it's important to do so. It's easier said than done. I don't think anyone, you know, people have a habit of going on social media or YouTube and seeing people always happy or highlight reels of their life. They're always motivated. They're always inspired. And that's not the case in terms of human nature. Everyone's dealing with something, uh, you know, pain, different things in their past, things that, you know, their worry or anxiety. It's just one of those things, you know, finding that thing that makes you recalibrate yourself and gets you to that kind of reset point where you can be mentally able and capable to kind of go on as well. 
Yes, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, one of the things that you hit on there, you know, you, you talked about your upbringing. You can either use that as, you know, a launching pad or something to keep you down. And, and I think it's all a matter of perspective. And, but I think those, those struggles have really shaped all of us into the people that we are today. And one of the things I try to get across with Handicapable Fitness and just in my life in general is everybody has a story and the world needs to hear it. Because as you said earlier, our words have power and we never know, you know, how they could affect somebody. You know, I just think of it as, hey, I'm just going to the gym because I, I want to get in better shape. But somebody could look over and see me doing what I'm doing and all of a sudden be like, you know what, that's the motivation I needed to keep going today. And next thing you know, they keep showing up and they develop that consistency. Yeah, I agree. I often tell people that don't necessarily do interviews or uh, don't necessarily have a podcast. Granted, I don't know if every single person should have a podcast. I mean, they should have some kind of drive to start it and kind of be uh, tied with it so they can kind of go through and, and keep it going. But everybody has a story, like you said, regardless of what it is, but the people that oftentimes don't share it, they don't think their story is impactful enough. You know, what, what do I have to share? I'm just like everyone else, or, you know, my story, story isn't as significant as somebody else. But like I said, and like you said earlier as well, like if you can impact at least one person out there that, you know, is dealing with something you may have overcome, or you may be dealing with now, or a situation you're in or something you've experienced, I think, you owe it to, you know, to, to, for them to do so, because oftentimes those kind of things, one could save a life because you don't know the situations people are in, you know, depression, different mental illness, you know, uh, contemplating suicide and all kinds of stuff like that. So you don't know what your words in terms of what power they have. So like you can actually change a person's life and trajectory and thinking about it that way. It's so impactful. And regardless if, you know, podcasts or anything else, if you monetize it or if you have money coming in, when you get that feedback, that email or that direct message where somebody said, you know, this really changed me or I really, you know, took action or this really like, you know, got me off the ledge in terms of things I was contemplating. That's what makes it uh, all worthwhile. A hundred percent. And, you know, I want to share this story with you. I had just started Handicapable Fitness um, not, that, not that long before this, but I went out to Laughlin, Nevada to do the first ever Paris Spartan race back in 2019. And they called me like three weeks before saying, hey, listen, this, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this Spartan race. Do you want to do it? I had no idea what a Spartan race was, but I was like, all right, let's go. And then I YouTubed it and I was like, what did I just get myself into? But then, <laughs> but then as I was out there, you know, um, the, I had a shirt on with my logo and this woman came running up and she's like, oh my God. She's like, I follow you on social media. She goes, my son has cerebral palsy and because of you, he wants to be a personal trainer. So I went over and I talked to him and he looked at me like I was the rock or something. And from that point on, I knew that this is what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. You don't know how you can really impact, like I said, impact someone or who, you know, who's actually watching out there because I would say 99.9% .9 of your social media people that are following you or some people that don't even follow that stumble upon your content 
don't engage. So the the few messages you may be getting or, you know, 10, 20 or 100, you can multiply that by maybe, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 X that those people are actually seeing it and possibly being impacted by it. And that that's the thing I, I want to touch upon, too, is, you know, if if these people are taking the time to really write the message and letting you know how you're impacting them, give them a thoughtful comment back. Really go in and look at their profile, you know, see what see what matters to them, see what makes them tick and really give a thoughtful response back. Because I know for me, I'm only able to live my dream because of the people that support Handicapal Fitness. Um, and at the end of the day, this is called social media. So let's use it and be social. Yeah, and, and being a human being, you know, we met on Clubhouse and just trying to add value, be there for people and help people throughout their journey. You know, whatever your expertise is or whatever your situation that you've overcome, it, like, like I said, it may fast track someone with like Clubhouse. I love helping people in terms of what I've done in digital marketing or with, you know, my podcast or the new podcast I've launched. And it's great to see people take action. So seeing people actually consume content, it resonate with them and them actually doing something about it. It's a powerful thing because some people, you know, take your advice and, you know, it kind of falls on deaf ears, but the people that take action really do something with it, you know, go and, and really accelerate in terms of what they're doing. Yes. And I think, you know, if anybody that wants to be successful, I think it's really important that we surround ourselves with people that are more successful than us. And when I say that, I don't mean so we can sit there and, and we can compare, but to say, you, you know what, Pedro's doing, Pedro's doing this. He's got a very successful podcast, Roman, Tanner, all these guys have really leveled up. I want to be kind of in that realm and carve up my own niche, but this is how they've done it. And I'm going to pick their brain and I'm going to make it happen because they're, they're showing me where to level up and how to get there. Yeah, I agree. So what's the one piece of advice you could leave with the audience, personal or professional? Um, take action, you know, because, because nine times out of 10, and again, I'm going to use fitness just because that, that is what resonates with me and the best example I can draw. You know, when you're in the gym, people aren't necessarily looking at you going, oh my gosh, like what's this person doing here? But it's in, it's in your head. And, you know, that fear of what somebody else could think or, or what they think could really stop you from really carving out your purpose in this life and just, just go with it. Who cares if your podcast doesn't sound great at first? You know, who cares if, you know, you don't make the best diet choices, but it's all about just starting and you'll figure things out as you go. Yeah, taking action is getting out of your own head and taking that first step is, you know, step one, because you don't regret the things you didn't, you know, you did try, you regret the things you never did. So 20, 30, 40 years down the line, you're going to be sitting there, you know, what if I took that action? What if I started that company or made that connection or talked to that person? 
how differently would my life be? And the worst case you can get, like, you know, you contacted me via, you know, Instagram DM, the worst answer you could have got was, you know, no, or you don't fit my audience or stuff like that. You're going to get no's, you know what I mean? In life with everything, but it's important for that. And I learned that with like roles I was in before I kind of started my company, just because you get an offer doesn't mean you shouldn't negotiate. You should always have a conversation and dialogue because most likely than not, you can come to an understanding that's more beneficial to you than that first kind of offer. So having a conversation, you know, striking a conversation, meeting that person, at least taking some kind of action, at least step one into, you know, doing a, a new business venture or, you know, pursuing your fitness goals. But if you're never going to start it, you're going to be in the same spot you were, you know, yesterday, a month, a year ago. Exactly. And the, and the only other thing I'll add to that you know, besides taking action is set small goals for yourself. So for me, you know, I knew nothing about fitness or nutrition, um, but I knew that Walmart had prepackaged salads and I knew salad was healthy for you. So I went to Walmart and I got a bunch of those prepackaged salads. And I said, okay, if I can eat six or seven or eight of these a week, I know that's taking the first step and set those small goals for yourself that you know you can check off each day, and then that's going to build momentum to get you to that overall bigger goal. You know, set small micro goals that will lead to the overall bigger goal. Yeah, and you should, like you said, you should have documented in terms of kind of steps you want to take. You know, do one small thing every day. You know, maybe it's park further in a parking lot. You know what I mean? It's one of those things, just take a few extra steps. Or go up and down your stairs five, 10 times. Or like you said, you know, substitute a meal with something healthier or a snack with a piece of fruit or what have you. Like those things start adding up as you start doing them. They develop good habits. And then that process, those small steps lead to kind of the big goals that you, you're looking to reach. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? You can find me. I'm just going to say it's super simple because all the social media links are there at handycapablefitness.com, H-A-N-D-I, capablefitness.com. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.